630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins all of this week. Could be an eventful week, perhaps, by weeks in from the NHL perspective. As the two sides continuing to talk, we uh, played clips from John Shannon earlier uh, or in the uh, first hour of the show, NHL Insider on Bob Stoffer's show, uh, Orders Now on 6.30, Chad, saying the negotiations are ongoing. Chris Johnson from Sportsnet, uh, Pierre Lebrun of The Athletic, saying that uh, the details are being worked on, could have a vote by the end of the week. Who knows? I mean, this is going to drag on. I don't want to say drag on although it does feel like it's been dragging on. But I mentioned uh, first hour because this is reminding me of June when they were working on the return to play for the Stanley Cup playoffs. They just waited until they absolutely had to make a decision. And this is a lot more trickier just because of the COVID cases around the uh, around North America. In fact, I just saw this out of The Athletic, the Rose Bowl, the iconic Rose Bowl may have to move out of California because of the uh, restrictions. Now, they had a three-week ban on contact sports, so that would include football and that would include hockey. But uh, now there is talk that uh, it would be moved to AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. That is where the Chicago, or sorry, the Chicago, the Dallas Cowboys play. That would be really weird. But then again, it is 2020. And that might apply to the New England Patriots year. Oh, here he goes again, the Patriots fan. That's right. Whining because your team's six and seven. Oh, just bear with me. You should be you should be celebrating. Yeah, the Patriots. It's it's uh it's not been a great year. Not been a great year. And uh I, I'm joined now by another big New England Patriots fan who is suffering this year and is learning. This is what it's like to have your favorite team lose after 20 years, 20 long, glorious years of six Super Bowl championships led by Tom Brady. Well, we're not there anymore. It's Blake Dermott, my good friend, on uh, the our in-game analyst on Edmonton uh, football team broadcast. Blake, it's been forever since I've talked to you and since I've seen you. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing fine, David. It's good to hear your voice. Okay. What's wrong with our Patriots other than they lost Tom Brady? <laughs> well, I, I think I think a lot has uh, carried over from when uh, with Tom last year. They they're not getting a whole lot of production out of their wide receivers. Their their receiving core last year wasn't uh, a very strong. And and uh, and you know what? I think I think this had to happen. Um, it didn't matter who they brought in. Um, you know, it was much like my, my first year with the Eskimos was the first year that Hugh Campbell was gone. It didn't matter who they brought in as a coach to, to replace them. They, they weren't going to have any the kind of success that I think a lot of the Patriot fans have enjoyed over the last 20 years. And, and you know what? When you've, when you've won as much as they have, it's, uh, um, it, it's a little bit humbling. But uh, it, it is uh, something that they have never had to go through with, with Brady as their quarterback. They, they've never gone through the cycles that, that most uh, NFL teams do. And I think this is a natural process, and, and uh, they've got to get better. And, they, you know, when you, when you think about how many times that they throw the ball compared to when Brady was there, I mean, they, they've literally gone through games uh, when they've thrown the ball 15 times in a game. And, uh, yeah. 
And, and, and that's just, you know, that's, that's, they're banged up, but their offensive line is really banged up. They're just, they're a team that is, uh, um, is just not having a good season. And they're, they've, they've had a chance to see what the other half li- has lived like over the last 20 years. Yeah, no question. It's not fun. But anyway, yeah. um, I know no one's going to feel sorry for us either. So that's okay. We no. have each other, Blake. We have each other. Um, now, that. here's a question for you. Here's a question for you. Would you bring Cam Newton back next year? Now, this might be an easy question, maybe with an easy answer. But what do you think? Is it too much to say Cam Newton would you, you know, should – I'm not saying he's the problem, but is he worth bringing back again next year? Well, you know, one of the things that they, you know, they've they've done with Cam Newton is they've really they've really er- radically changed their playbook. Um, they're they're running the ball so much more than than uh, they they ever have. It wasn't their first game of the year. They it was the first time that they'd run the ball as many times as they'd done since you know 22 years before that. Like they just, it's a completely different team. It's it, it's really difficult to say you know that uh, and to compare Cam Newton to to you know the goat. Um, but but I think that they have to retool. Like as I said, they they have some weaknesses. They've got a lot of injuries. They have to upgrade their receiving uh, core. They certainly have to make sure that their offensive line is healthy next year. And uh, so I don't know. I guess look you look at the dollars. You look at where they're going to sit in the draft. You know what can they bring in? Um, I don't I don't believe that they've got <laughs> a backup that's ready to step in and and, and to yeah. lead this team. They they just don't have that. So uh, I, I don't think Cam Newton is making a ton of money. Um, so he might be a good answer. And, and also, you know, being a, being a pro, sometimes it takes guys a full season to, to, uh, to, to get a good feel for what a, what an offense and what a team and the structure and everything else is like. And, uh, um, so I don't know what their options are, but I would not be surprised to see Cam Newton back next year. Yeah. It just seems to be that they've had trouble. Um, and, uh, Josh McDaniels is still the offensive coordinator. It just seems like they've had trouble you know, kind of designing an offense around Cam Newton. Now, that being said, he signed rather late in the offseason for the, for the league minimum, and everyone thought it was going to be a steal, but it it does seem like they had a bit of trouble designing an offense around Cam, but then he, he gets COVID, and then that kind of derails him a bit because they're playing uh, Brian Hoyer, who I call Brian Hoyerable, and uh, Jared Stidham is the backup, as you, as you mentioned. But yeah. Um, and Bill Belichick made a great point, uh, and I'll, this is the last point, and then we'll move on, because uh, so, people are eye-rolling and probably angrily texting, perhaps, and, <laughs> okay, I get it, folks, I get it. Um, but uh, oh, now I lost my train of thought. That's terrible. That's terrible. I, no, I, here it is. Bill Belichick said a few weeks ago, we sold out. We sold out, and we don't have a lot of cap room uh, in past years to win the Super Bowl, so maybe now this is a step-back year, and maybe we'll have some money to spend finally. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I think I think that uh, uh, it's it's really difficult to to think that uh, uh, the hoodie has all of a sudden become a bad coach and a bad management guy, and I and I really believe that uh, there every as I said, every team goes through these these ebbs and flows over uh, uh, you know the the life of a of a um, an organization, and this is one of the the organization's uh, darkest moments as as far as since maybe back into the early '80s. You know, they they're just uh, they're a team that is. Uh, is, is basically on a rebuild. Um, they've got a former MVP at their quarterback. Now, can he yeah. get back to that point? Or even, I mean, I don't think at this age and with the, the, the miles that have gone through him, that that's going to be uh, possible. But can he get back to being a NFL high-caliber quarterback? And that's the question that they'll have, and they'll have the whole offseason to figure that out. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, one more NFL question before we move on and talk about uh, some fun stuff the CFL is doing with their with their on-demand platforms uh, that I want to ask you about. Is it clear now that the best team in the AFC is the Kansas City Chiefs? And is it clear in the NFC, because the Green Bay Packers are sitting there at number as the number one seed, ahead of the New Orleans Saints who might get Drew Brees back, is it clear that in the in the NFC the Packers are the best team in the in in the uh, in the NFC. Um, I, I would think that they that would be a, a pretty good statement. There are some really good teams that are out there. Frankly, I don't think I don't think Pittsburgh is out of the mix either. Uh, uh, certainly, and, and I when you look at uh, uh, how Buffalo is playing, uh, Josh Allen is uh, Josh Allen has, has quickly moved himself into the MVP uh, conversation. Th- th- this guy, uh, you know, being as young as he is. And uh, uh, that that team is just playing on all cylinders. Uh, I really like watching them. And you know, way back in the in the early '90s, uh, I, I had an opportunity to see the Buffalo Bills at the Super Bowl against the New York Giants. And and uh, uh, I always liked that that franchise. And it would be nice to see them. And maybe it's not this year. But uh, certainly, uh, this is a team that's uh, that's uh, moving in the right direction. And you know what? And, and I'm sitting here watching the Cleveland Browns, and there's another one of those teams that seems to be moving in the right direction. And and I'm really liking what they're doing. So so I mean, there's there's a little bit of a changing of the guard, with the exception of Cle- uh, sorry Kansas City. But uh, you know, when when your quarterback goes out and throws three interceptions, and he's only thrown two and one in the whole season. He throws two and takes a thirty yards, uh, three interceptions and takes a thirty yard sack, and you still win. They're a pretty darn good team. And you know, when when you've got, I think this is the first time in history that uh, they, they, they're a tight end has an opportunity to to lead the NFL in receiving. And Kelsey is just what did he have another hundred thirty yards last week? And, yeah. And you know, and then I, I and then on the other side of offense, I love watching Derrick Henry run the ball two hundred and fifteen yards this past this past weekend. That guy is an absolute beast. So. You never know what can happen. Playoffs are a one-game thing, and all you got to do is get there, and you never know what can Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Happening, and uh, there's some interesting, uh, some interesting teams that are uh, at the, sitting at the top of the standings. Blake Dermott, are And Kevin wins the text of the night. Not the first time the Patriots have been a deflated team. Har, 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 Kevin. Yeah, that's a good one. Gus Edwards, 11-yard touchdown run, which they did review. They're checking to see where if his knee was down before the football broke the plane of the end zone. They determined it did, or it did not, sorry. And the Ravens up 14-7 on the Cleveland Browns, who are 9-3, and three, and with a win, they can really put the pressure on the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, who have lost two straight, and a staunch Steelers fan is Morley Scott. Morley, it's uh, nice of you to uh, drop in on the show. Hey, nice to be here, Dave. You didn't get it, did you? Uh, what? 
I said drop in on the show. Drop oh, in. Oh, I get it. Just like a Steelers receiver, I'm dropping in. I gotcha. Yeah. Except, Man, they except just, you executed your play while they – what's going they, on with your those receivers? What's going I, on? I just don't understand it. I just don't understand it. You know, that's – I think that's probably three weeks in a row now. And, and I'll be honest, at the end of the 11-game win streak uh, to start the season, they probably – they probably won a few games they shouldn't have. They didn't play very well. And even during that streak, they had a couple of games, back-to-back weeks, where they needed a knockdown in the end zone defensively to preserve their win. And and they got it. Uh, the defense is pretty good. It's just been on the field a lot to, too much in the last couple of games yeah. because the offense can't do anything right now. They're just uh, not able to uh, not able to, to move the football, to, to stay on the field. Uh, I mean, they had uh, some three and outs yesterday. had some uh, pretty inopportune times for sure so uh i like their chances of pulling out of it because they got cincinnati on um, on uh monday night i guess next week right so uh they should win that game if they don't they might as well not even go to the playoffs because they don't deserve to but i mean uh, i don't know if they can pull out of it or not uh, they've certainly been uh past uh, you know kc is, hasn't had as good a record as them all season but they do have a better record now and uh they have I think all year been the best team in the AFC, despite the record of the Steelers at, at you know eleven and zero at the time, uh, and uh, they've probably been surpassed by Buffalo now, who played really well and has been pretty good this year. So uh, all of a sudden yeah. they go from being perfect to wondering if they're even going to have home field advantage, depending on what Cleveland does in this game tonight. They can move to within a game of them in their division as well, and Cleveland's just tied the game up at fourteen. So uh, yeah, it's uh, with what three weeks to go. There's still a lot to be decided. Yeah, no question about it. Nick Chubb, 14-yard uh, touchdown run, as Morley mentioned. Uh, the Browns have tied it up uh, 14-14 with the Ravens. Now, uh, I hope I haven't been promoing this wrong tonight, that this is the final Double E Coaches show for uh, this segment. No, uh, we got, am I correct? We got one more. We got one more. We'll go oh, uh, next Monday night as well, and, uh, and and that will wrap it up. And then I, we're planning to come back in February at some point with some more stuff. We'll have more, I assume, and I hope we'll have more CFL and, and Double E football stuff to talk about at that time. But, yeah, we got that. Tonight and next Monday night to wrap up the uh, the pre Christmas portion of the uh, Double E Coaches Show. It's called the penultimate show, so that's what it is tonight. <laughs> there you go, big words. Okay, big buddy, words. thanks, thanks, Morley. Appreciate it. We okay, look forward Dave. to it. Talk. Double E Coaches Show with Scott Milanovich with host Morley Scott. The penultimate show. It is not the final show. The final show is next week until we uh, come back. Yeah, in uh, sometime in February, uh, free agency. Uh, kicking off February 9th. Teams can re-sign their free agents. Uh, right now, the uh, E football team uh, quiet at the moment, but uh, things hopefully will get going very, very soon. Back tomorrow, we'll uh, talk more CFL with Jamie and I from Regina and also talk a little bit more about Chuba Hubbard. Enjoy the coaches show. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.